You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. If you, I want you to turn your Bibles tonight with me, if you will, to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 in the precious Word of God. And as I'm talking about heaven tonight and going there and being there someday, I've been looking forward to it. And, you know, he was talking in his message this morning with that rope all along there about four score and whatever it was, you know, 70 years old. I'm going to be turning 70 next year. And uh, I can't believe God has let me live this long. I'll be honest with you. But I'm grateful because I, I remember when I first got saved, I said, Lord, I live 43 years for the devil. And if you give me 43 more, I'll live them for you as best I can. And so I thank God for that. And so if you found your way in the Word of God, look at uh, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6 with me tonight. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Tonight, with God's help, I want to ask you a question. Do you have peace? Father God in heaven, as I bow my head and my heart this evening, I want to thank you for this dear pastor, his family, and this dear body of believers. They've been so good to me through the years, allowing me to come and sing and to preach. And Lord, I know I'm not a great preacher, but I serve a great God. And I pray that you would use something that you allow me to say tonight to speak to somebody's heart. And by chance, if there's anybody in church tonight, but they're not in Christ, I pray especially that you would open their eyes to the truth of your word and show them they need to be born again into your family before it's eternally too late. And if any good comes out of this service tonight, we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' precious, holy, and wonderful name, I pray. Amen and amen. As I read a Now you walk upon gates of pearl in that heavenly city. A perfect place prepared is now your own. Safely home in the arms of the Father. With the saints, the Lamb of God redeemed. Heaven's so much sweeter now to me. No pain, no death, and no darkness. No sorrow, no tears to be seen. Face to face with our wonderful Savior. Songs of praise with angels you now safely home in the arms of the Father. 
saints, the Lamb of God redeemed. One day we'll be there together. Heaven's so much sweeter now to me. In our sorrow we cherish your memory. In our hearts you will always be near. All glory and praise to the Father for the life we all shared with you. Safely home in the arms of the Father with the saints, the Lamb of God redeemed. One day we'll meet there together Heaven's so much sweeter now to me. Heaven's so much sweeter now to me. Amen. You know, I've been thinking a lot about heaven lately, and, and I don't know how I'm going to go, whether it's going to be in death or the rapture. And I've told you here before, I'd rather do the rapture route. That sounds a lot more exciting to me. <laughs> but it's totally up to the Lord for sure. I read this the other day and jotted it down. Uh, William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, wrote this. The chief danger of the 20th century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, Heaven without hell. And I think we're in those days right now. Now, before Jesus was going to, to the cross, He gathered His disciples together for a final meal. and He begins with a model of humility by demonstrating the true greatness comes from being a servant as He washes the feet of His disciples. Then He comforts them with the promise of His return, describes the coming of the Holy Spirit, and then closes their time together in a moving prayer in chapter 17 of this same book, John, which is the true Lord's Prayer. Amen? In John 17. So I'm going to look at these verses with you tonight and just share some thoughts. I hope it will be a blessing and a help to you. The first verse there says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. So I see here in verse number one, a peace on earth. Jesus is the peace. So when He came, He was peace on earth. Amen? In John 14, 27, He said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know ye have eternal life. And knowing Jesus brings true peace. Before I knew Jesus, I had no peace at all in my life. But after I came to know Him as my personal Lord and Savior, I had the peace of God. And the Bible says in Romans 5, 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 14 says, For He is our peace. John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 7, be careful for nothing. Of course, that phrase means be anxious for nothing. That's an easy verse to quote and a hard verse to live. I can tell you that right now. He said, be careful for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 23, 24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. I'll never forget that night that I got saved when I laid my head on the pillow and I fell asleep. I had some of the most beautiful sleep I'd ever had in such a long, long time because I had found the peace of God. And then we see here in verse 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. So number one, we see a, a, a peace on earth. And number two, we see a place in heaven. The master carpenter is doing the building. Can you even imagine how beautiful heaven is going to be? I cannot. But First Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And the next verse says, To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fate is not away, reserved in heaven for you. And Isaiah 25, 8 said, He will swallow up death in victory. Hosea 13, 14 says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, the Bible says this, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. True and faithful. Revelation 21, 18 says, And the building of the wall of it was as jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear, gas, uh, clear glass. You know, I've thought about uh, Lucifer, the most beautiful angel that God ever created. He was a walking, talking, musical being who got full of himself, full of pride. I've imagined he saw his reflection in the walls of jasper or maybe in the street of gold. I don't know. But when he saw himself, he went, whoo, boy, I'm good looking. And boy, can I sing. I think I ought to be God. And God said, no, I'm God, you're not God. And he cast him out. And wouldn't that be a terrible thing to be in heaven and then be cast out of heaven? Wow, what a thought. Revelation 20, uh, 22.1 says, He shewed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. So we see a peace on earth, we see a place in heaven. And as we read the next verse, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So now we see a promise in the air. When the rapture of the church happens, there's going to be a reunion like there's never been in the history of this planet, that's for sure. And I hope that I get to be a part of that. I don't know whether I will or not. Luke 24, 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. And some verses that go along with this about the rapture of the church are found in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and the we, we which are... 
alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Philippians 3.20 says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see a peace on earth, we see a place in heaven, we see a promise in the air, and then when uh, we read verse 5 here, we see a problem to Saul. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? The problem to solve is the problem of sin. We're all born with it. Psalm 51, 5 says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And the Bible also says, Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're born with the sin nature, and we're not born going towards God. We're born going away from God. And we are, that is our bent. That is our nature to do that. Uh, Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And because man is a sinner, he cannot save himself. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, it's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we see a peace on earth. We see a place in heaven. We see a promise in the air. And we see a problem to solve. You know, this problem of sin was solved when Jesus Christ left heaven and came here, died on the cross, was buried, and three days later, He rose from the dead. That is the gospel. That is the good news. But you've got to know that there's bad news before the good news becomes good news, right? And the bad news is that you're a sinner and you deserve punishment for your sin. Now, a lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of people uh, say, well, I'm just not that bad. Well, how good are you? I gave this guy a good test on an airplane because he told me, he said, I'm a good guy. And I said, well, how good are you? And he went, well, I don't know. I, I said, well, has anybody ever given you a good test? And he said, no, I don't think so. And I said, well, let's see how good you are. I said, have you ever told a lie, sir? And he went, oh, yeah. He said, everybody lies. And I said, yeah, well, what do you call people that tell lies? And he said, a liar. And I said, yeah, that's true. I said, have you ever taken anything that didn't belong to you? Have you ever stolen anything? And he went, yeah, I've done that too. And I said, well, what do you call people that steal stuff? He said, a thief. That's right. I said, well, the Bible says in the book of Matthew, if you were to look on a, a person with lust in your heart, that you committed adultery in your heart because sin comes from the heart. I said, have you ever done that? He said, I don't think I've ever done that. And I said, well, you just told me you're a liar and a thief. I don't know where to believe you or not. <laughs> and he said, yes, I've probably done that too. And I said, well, there you go. I said, I said, you've broken three of God's laws because he says thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not commit adultery. I said, so you have broken the law of God. And if you stood before him right now, judged by his law, would you be innocent or guilty? And he went, well, I'd be guilty. And I said, that's right, we're all guilty because we've all lied. And I said, where do guilty people go? According to the Bible, when they die. He said, that bad place. He didn't even want to say the word hell. They go to that bad place. And I said, yes, they do. I said, that's the bad news. But here's the good news. Jesus loved you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I said, God loved you so much that he sent his son 
to die in your place on the cross. I said, see, son, I said, you should have been on that cross. I should have been on that cross. But Jesus loved us so much that He was our substitute. He took our place. But God commended or demonstrated or showed His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I said, you either trust His death, burial, and resurrection for your salvation or you are going to have to shed your own blood and pay for your own sin in a place called hell. Jesus has already done all that needs to be done. And all He wants you to do is come to Him. And then we come to this last verse here. And it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we see a peace on earth, a place in heaven, a promise in the air, a problem to solve, and then lastly, a person to trust. The Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to go to heaven, you must trust Christ and Christ alone. It's not Christ plus baptism, church membership, doing good things, giving money. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the only one that's going to get you to heaven. Jesus Christ came. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 of uh, John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And simply put, God became a man like us so we could learn how to be a man like Him. That's why He came. Romans, we went through the, all of these. The Romans 10, 9 and 10 shows us how we can trust Christ as our Savior. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So how do you call on God? God, if you're up there, save me. No, the Bible says you call on Him in repentance and faith. And repentance is very simple. The word repent means to change one's mind. And I believe you've got to change your mind about three things. Number one, you have to change your mind about yourself. You're not good enough to get to heaven on your own, and you can't do good enough to get to heaven on your own, so you're going to have to change your mind about that. And then secondly, you're going to have to change your mind about your sin and realize your sin is against a holy and righteous God. As David said in Psalm 51, against thee and thee only have I done this evil in thy sight. And then thirdly, you have to change your mind about your Savior and realize Jesus Christ is your only hope for heaven because He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When Jesus Christ was on the cross of Calvary, there were two thieves on either side of Him. And if you read your Bible, they were both cursing Jesus in the beginning, saying, if you're God like you say you are, prove it. Get yourself down, get us down, and then we'll believe. Show me something. But during that interview there, one of those thieves had a change of heart and a change of mind because he looked at his friend and said, don't you realize who this is? He realized he was hanging by his only hope for heaven, the Son of God. And the other thief said, well, if he's God like he says he is, he's going to show me something. And then he said this, but he's innocent. He doesn't deserve this punishment. We do. He realized he deserved punishment. He realized he deserved hell for his sin. And then he looked at Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. And Jesus looked at him and said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. 
That thief didn't have time to come down from the cross, get baptized, join the church, help an old lady across the street. He didn't have time to do anything but confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And the moment he did that, he was heaven born and heaven bound. The night that I got saved that I talked to you about in, in Sunday school this morning, on March the 10th of 1998 at 12.30 in the morning in that little apartment in Nashville, Tennessee, when I got on my knees and I cried out to God and I trusted Christ, I quit trying to keep a list, I quit trying to do it on my own, and that night I trusted Christ and Christ alone. If I would have died in my sleep that night, I would have been in the arms of Jesus. But I didn't die that night, and so I made it public. I did get baptized. I did join the church. I did do the things that I thought that God wanted me to do after I got saved. But the main thing is, here tonight, if you want to have peace, you need to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And until you do that, you will have no peace. And I want you to have the peace of God because I have the peace of God. I want you to go to heaven because I know I'm going to heaven and I want to see you there one day. And it would break my heart to be standing in heaven one day and you walk up to the white throne judgment and the angel says, Lord, I'm sorry, his name's not in the book. It's been blotted out. And I would look at your face and say, oh, I remember them. They were at Vic Deep Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. I remember seeing their face in that service and they never trusted Christ. And that would be a sad, sad day. So I'm begging you, if you have never put your trust and faith in Christ and Christ alone, I pray you'll do that tonight before you leave this place. And then you can have the peace of God which passeth all understanding. A peace on earth, a place in heaven, a promise in the air, and a person to trust, a problem to solve, and a person to trust. I'm so looking forward to seeing my mom and dad. I got to lead my mama to Jesus when she was 80. I know I've told you that story here. I got to lead my dad when he was 87. He just died back in August, and he was 92 years old. And then there's some people that I hope I'm going to get to see. And I want to just tell you the story in closing, and I don't know, it just means so much to me personally. I used to have a, a friend of mine that uh, worked for me. He, he ran sound for me when I had my band. And his name was Charlie. And I loved Charlie. And after I got saved, I witnessed to Charlie. One time, I thought he was this close to getting ready to get saved. And he said, I'm just not ready. And I said, okay, buddy, I'll just keep praying for you. I gave Charlie a Bible. I prayed for him. I went by to see him. I tried to share with him many, many times and... Charlie had a heart attack. And when they found him, this is the position that they found him in. He was on his knees in his kitchen, just like this. He had a massive heart attack, but that's how the position they were in, that's what the people told me. And uh, I got to preach Charlie's funeral. His mom and his sister were there, his brother. And I'll never forget this. After the service was over, I did my best to preach the gospel that day because I had a lot of my friends, people that used to come and hear me sing back in the day. And I wanted them to hear a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I did the best I could. And when the service was over, I'll never forget, 
his little mother came up to me and she said, Bruce, do you think Charlie's in heaven? I said, Mama, I don't know. I said, I, I prayed for Charlie. I shared the gospel with Charlie. I, I gave him a Bible and several times I, I've talked to him and I said, here, I, I don't know. I can't answer that for you. I said, I'm praying that he's in heaven. I'm praying that sometime before uh, he passed that he was able to cry out to God and trust him as his Lord and Savior. I was in Pennsylvania when all this happened and I had to drive from Pennsylvania back to Moore County to do Charlie's funeral. And then I had to, as soon as the funeral was over, I had to drive back to Pennsylvania to finish the meeting that I was doing. That Sunday morning, uh, I was setting up my CDs and all of that stuff and my heart was just so heavy because I was thinking about my friend. Wonder if I'm ever going to see him again. And this is what God did for me that day to encourage my heart. I was setting up the CDs and stuff, and all of a sudden, a grandmother and her granddaughter came walking around the corner. And the grandmother said, Brother Bruce, my granddaughter has something she wants to say to you. I said, she does. And so I got on one knee, and this precious little girl looked at me, and she said, hey, I was reading the Herman the Bullfrog book, and I got saved reading that book. She said, my name's Charlie, and I'm getting baptized tonight, and you could have pushed me over with a feather. And that was like a hug from heaven to my heart. And I shared that with Charlie's mom. I said, Mom, I, I, I don't even know what all that means, but I said, I know what it did in my heart that day. Hey, is there somebody you're looking forward to seeing in heaven one day? Are you here tonight? And you say, you know what, Bruce? I hope I'm going to heaven, but I sure don't know for sure. I don't have the peace that you're talking about. I'm begging you, don't leave here tonight without the peace of God in your heart. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.